Hi, I'm Liza, and I've been reading tarot professionally for well over a decade. And this is Tarot for the Modern Reader, the podcast that will teach you simple, actionable techniques to read the cards with more clarity, accuracy, and ease, so you can get real answers to real questions for real people, including yourself, in today's modern world. Whether your readings are for guidance or prediction, I'll help you 86 the doubt and confusion and take your skills and confidence to the next level so you can become the best tarot reader you know. This is Tarot for the Modern Reader. Hello and welcome to the Tarot for the Modern Reader podcast. I'm your host, Liza, and this is episode number 43, Capricorn season, the suit of pentacles, and a last call for those New Year's resolutions. Okay, hello, my dear friend. It is so lovely to be back in your earbuds right now. So before we get started with the content for today's episode, I really want to share how I have been leaning into the true nature of winter here. So this is just a little story to illustrate how we really do live in alignment with the cycles of nature because, you know, we too are nature. And where I live right now in the northeastern of the United States, We are in our third snowstorm right now, which is actually a little bit unusual uh, for where I live. I know for some of you, you get a lot of snow. Um, For those of you that are much further north than me, but for us um, here to be having our third snowstorm, uh, you know, only partway into January is a lot for us. So all that to say, like we are really embracing and enjoying the uh, winter element here. So the podcast has been on a monthly release rather than a weekly release for the previous two months. So we had one episode that we produced in November and December each, and then now in January. And though I shouldn't say that because at the end of this month, we'll have another episode as we get closer to in bulk, which I feel like as we get closer to that, you know, midpoint um, between winter solstice and spring equinox, we start to feel that creative springtime energy again. So I'm excited about that. So although my mind, you know, always has big plans, (laughs) my body, my body is the laggard here. So sometimes, you know, my body has to bring me back into reality. And by reality, I mean like the physical material, you know, 3D world that we live in. So I'm a ninth house sun. So for those of you who are familiar with astrology, you know what that means. For those of you who don't, you know, if you are a newcomer to this, then um, we all have our sun sign, but in your natal birth chart, your sun is located within a house and each of the 12 houses uh, corresponds to one of the 12 signs and it's said to be the ruler of that house. So in my case, while my son is in the sign of cancer, it's falling in the ninth house, which is traditionally associated with the sign of Sagittarius. So for all of us, it's kind of like having the qualities of a secret second son. And for me here, you know, we all have a pretty good idea of what the energy of fire sign expansion loving Sagittarius is like, right? It's like my mind and body and spirit, they are not in alignment on these things. You know, 
the mind is like, yes, we can do all these things. It's going to be so much fun. You know, we're going to love it. I've got all these ideas. And the spirit, of course, is like, this is what I live for, you know. And then, like, there's my body being like, uh, excuse me, ladies. I hate to be the damper here, but y'all know we're 46, right? And <laughs> so it's always like that calling back. The body is what calls it back. And it's funny because the body you know, is the element, for lack of a better word, that is very associated with this time of year. Winter is a very physical time. So all that to say that as we came deeper into winter, I actually found that I wanted to engage less. Winter truly is a time of pulling inward. It's a period of contraction, And, you know, we see that, like, for example, in the Four of Pentacles, like the way, you know, the man is um, contracted in, like holding on to the pentacles, holding on to the chest, having the pentacles under each of his feet. Um, You know, that's a card for this time of year. So I found that the me who, you know, ideated these plans, created these plans in my mind for Capricorn season, you know, during Sagittarius season. So back then when I'm like the me who was making the plans was definitely not the same me who was actually going to actualize said plans during Capricorn season. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's okay to really live and experience what we are here to experience in this 3D world. That's what we're here for, to let it teach us and to let it inform our lives and our decisions. So this is what happens when we pay attention to the cycles around us and how we respond to or work within those cycles. Winter is where we create the space for the amazing seeds that we are soon going to plant, that we're going to tend in the spring and then bring to fruit in the summer. There are cycles for everything. And in winter, you know, it isn't the cycle for creativity. It is as we move closer to spring, but at the winter solstice, this is our period of deep rest. The ancients would say that the solstices were the midpoint of a season. Like, for example, now at the longest night, you know, at the winter solstice, that could never herald the beginning of a season. You know, how could it? If we're at the deepest point, you know, the darkest night, we have to have equal amounts on either side of it as we lead up to it and move away from it. So, you know, to them, these were the midpoints of the season. And if we subscribe to that theory, then we begin to view the second half of what we traditionally consider winter, the time from the beginning of February to the spring equinox, as the first half of spring. You know, and nature does support this theory with things like snowdrops, the first flowers. Um, They're like a small little white bell-shaped flower that we get here in the Northeast. Um, I live in Pennsylvania and we get those here, you know, beginning around uh, the first of February. If you go out... um, on February 1st or February 2nd, guaranteed where I live, you will see snowdrop flowers. So, you know, we're seeing those first stirrings of life, you know, within the earth at that time. And creativity begins to return, I think, around this time for me as well, particularly because this is the time of a solar festival, right? These uh, cross-quarter dates are considered to be solar festival dates. So, I find the time from the winter solstice until then 
to really be the depth of winter. I find Capricorn season to represent the true stillness, the contraction, and the deep rest that winter brings. And knowing these things can really help us, you know, plan out our time, our projects, allow us to give ourselves permission to rest. Because honestly, for a lot of us, that's some other baggage that we're carrying. But rest is really actually deeply nourishing and necessary for everything in nature. And you are nature. So whether you love or hate the cold weather that it brings, at least here in my part of the world, I am always happy to enjoy the change of energy that a new season brings, you know, and the opportunities to celebrate those changes spiritually and physically, like my story shows. But with the sun in Capricorn, we've really entered that fallow period of our lives. So winter brings the time of regeneration. We might not all love it, but we do all need it. So as a gardener, we know my gardening references, the garden needs a period for the soil to compost before it can nourish new life. Like we don't just tend our crops, you know, harvest them and then immediately plant new crops in that same soil. Honestly, even if you lived in a, you know, zone where you could garden all year round for seasons, you know, outside or, or wherever, we typically don't do that anyway. Like there's a rotation to things when we, when we simulate a garden, you know, like when we recreate, you know, uh, whether that be in a greenhouse or even just outside and, you know, the regular conditions, there's a cycle to it. Like we know what we need to do and when we need to do it and how we need to do it for it to have its best results. So that is absolutely nothing short of, you know, what it is like for us as human beings as well. So the mighty Phoenix, you know, when that has gone through its cycle, it must return to ash before it can rise again. All things in nature need this inward time and so do we. And, you know, to be clear, even though we make our resolutions or our wishes or set our intentions at this time, this is not a growing period in any way. This is the time of darkness and rest, deep restorative rest to prepare us for the upcoming active seasons. So as we began the season, we started out at the winter solstice. So while that was the longest and the darkest night of the year, it is the moment where the sun begins its ascent again. And from there forward, each day gets just a little bit longer than the ones before. So with autumn, you know, prior to that, the previous season, we began to slow down. So that's when our days got shorter and they got colder and we continually harvested our crops, you know, until we got to the point now where our gardens are lying fallow. They're nurturing the soil and we too are staying inside. We're snuggling up against the cold and, you know, we're nurturing ourselves. Chicken soup and hot cocoa tend to run supreme in our household at this time. And, you know, not just because they're warm and they feel restorative, but because the elements of those things, like the chicken soup, for example, is known to have the healing qualities that our bodies need at this time of year, the qualities of, you know, the things that are in the chicken, the things that are in the broth itself. Those are, um, 
things that our bodies needed. Our, our ancestors would, you know, simmer that for a long time and all of the health uh, benefits that would come from the bone broth, you know, from having that kettle cooking for a long time, those things were restorative and healing uh, to the human body at that time. So in any event, you know, this is the time of year for that kind of stuff. So even though we don't necessarily um, do things the way that we used to, or, you know, even know why some of the things we do, you know, are at this time of year, they still serve us and we still tend to carry on those traditions. Like chicken soup is still a common thing to have this time of year, even if it came from a box. Okay, so while the holidays can make the beginning of the time of year particularly busy, they really do come and go just as quickly. I mean, I don't know about, you know, for you, but I know for me, the holiday season, it's here and it is like a fire that has come through in a flash. We are super busy and then it's gone again just as quick, which does actually make sense considering the holidays here in the U.S., the big social holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas are well-timed to ring in and close out, respectively, Sagittarius season. So the entire, the, the time in between, the entire time in between is like this soiree, right? It's activities and festivities, and it's like totally Sagittarius season uh, type of activity and flurry, all that fiery energy. Now, the winter solstice may fall a few nights before the end of the season, right? It's uh, typically two, three, four nights before uh, Christmas here in the United States. But its effects are far longer lasting, really. They are with us for, gosh, a good six weeks or more. You know, the energy that we feel from the winter solstice, the energy of Christmas will come and go very quickly. Now in January, that holiday hustle is over and we're setting back, uh, settling back into our routines. So this is going to begin a solid two to three month period where the days are still short and the temperatures are still cold and we have to find ways to protect ourselves, you know, not just from the outside temperature and the early darkness, but the seasonal depression that, you know, can set in at this time of year. So there's a lot of things that we are insulating against at this time of year. Winter begins in Capricorn, at least according to our, you know, current current system. Or you could even say that winter is at its strongest at the start of Capricorn season. Either way, this is a cardinal earth sign. So all of the solstices and equinoxes occur in cardinal signs. These are the leaders of the zodiac. So a time of beginning things or initiating new things. Now it's interesting because we attribute these things to these qualities now because that's what they are now. However, you know, when things change, it doesn't take away from how they were. It's not like, oh, well, it used to be this, but it can't be anymore because now it's this. Like it's, this is where we find ourselves in the realm of like, and, or both, or both and, however you want to say it, you know? So the solstices and the equinox points used to be in the fixed signs. We've talked about this on the podcast before that, you know, these things used to occur at the fixed points in the Zodiac, which is 
Uh, something that, you know, can make sense when you think back to those times as well. Like, for example, that the summer solstice used to fall on the sign of Leo, which is a fire sign and like the hottest point of the year, which would match the summer solstice, right? So, you know, however you want to look at that right now in the, the, the world that we are in at this point, our zodiac leaders, our, um, cardinal signs are the ones who kick off our solstices and our equinoxes. So Capricorn is the workhorse of the zodiac. So in Capricorn, you know, we can find ourselves determined, committed, steadfast, willing to work hard to accomplish things. But that's far different than being creative. And at this time, we're more likely to create the plan for the success we will later enjoy. So we're spending much more time inwardly. So just because I say we're at rest and we're working, it sounds like a dichotomy, but it's, it's, it's not. It's really a different concept. It's like uh, we are at rest from the outward expression. You know, we're not socializing. We're not partying. We're not gathering and, and engaging in growing activities and things like that. So, you know, what we're talking about here, the kind of work we're talking about is the kinds of things that we're doing at rest, you know, where we are contemplating and we are considering and we are putting plans into effect. All of things, uh, all things that need to be done and all things that are our work and they're strategic in nature. So they're they're a different kind of work. So I want to make sure that I clarify that. We'll spend, you know, time inwardly. So we're in contemplation and we're planning. And again, like I said, we're being strategic. We're being grounded in our thinking, figuring out what creates the strongest foundation or, you know, has long-term sustainability. You know, on that note, the foundation of a house is built underground, have you ever really given that any thought? Like that when they create the foundation for the home, it actually ends up being your basement walls more or less, right? So have you seen that? Like when you see a house being built from the ground up, they like dig this trench, you know, like this, like, let's just say it's a square rectangular shaped house, whatever, you know, whatever the, the shape of the foundation of the house is, that's the trench that they dig in the ground and, you know, the hole really, and they fill it with the concrete or the mason or like whatever it is and that this house is, you know, uh, being constructed from whatever that foundation is that gets put in at ground level like below ground level so the foundation of your entire empire whatever that may be for you begins underground as well we really need to not underestimate this as always there are cycles to nature and we are of nature. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about the tarot cards that go along with this time of year, the world and the suit of pentacles. So Capricorn is the ruler of the world card and Capricorn is ruled by the planet Saturn. And these energies are tied very closely to the world card. Saturn and Capricorn basically have the same meaning. It's like we were talking about earlier how the house and the um, 
sign are tied to each other, but they also, they're part of a trilogy. They also have a planet that is tied to each of them as well. So the three of them will often share similar qualities. So in this case, um, it's Capricorn and Saturn and their house is the 10th house. But for this example, we're talking about Capricorn, but we could um, also be talking about the planet of Saturn. You know, when we talk about one, the qualities are interchangeable for the most part with the other. So they are tied to the world card and the world is about achievement. It's about completing a cycle. It's about reaching the pinnacle of success, closing out one chapter and successfully starting a new one. So these are all things that can only happen when we use Capricorn, you know, and Saturn's strong work ethics and their discipline and, you know, the qualities that we've already talked about, you know, about things like planning and creating foundations. That's, that's what we're talking about here when we're getting to the end of one cycle and we are effectively beginning anew, we are starting at the bottom again, right? Or, you know, creating something from the ground up, we're setting the foundation for the next thing. So you could see this card, you know, the world card show up in your readings more now. And, you know, this is a card that is also in alignment with setting and achieving our goals in general. Now, Capricorn is also a ruler of the pentacles cards in general, alongside fellow earth signs, Taurus and Virgo, but it's Capricorn that begins the winter season. And one of the reasons that the suit of pentacles as a whole is attributed to winter. Pentacle cards are slow moving energy. Think of how slow molasses moves in the cold of winter. So when the cards of the pentacle suit come up in a reading, we have, you know, a lot of that same energy. Things are slow and they're solid. Things take time. And in the suit of pentacles, we see that energy of Capricorn, you know, and the fellow earth signs such as building, structuring, responsibility driven behavior, things like that. This is a time, you know, much like Capricorn symbolizes that we are focusing on doing the work. So some of our associations for the suit of pentacles, um, these are ones that you might see on other card decks. For example, coins, discs, deniers, stones. These are names for the suit of pentacles in other decks. It doesn't make them any you know, different, doesn't make the meanings of the cards any different. Uh, just different decks will use different names uh, for the different suits. So those are just a few of the more common ones. Uh, the suit of pentacles correlates to those people that fall under our earth signs, right? So for someone who has a birthday as a Taurus, a Virgo, or a Capricorn, then they would be, uh, more to be associated with the earth energy court cards. So the pentacles court cards. So king of pentacles, queen of pentacles, uh, page of pentacles, knight of pentacles, and then we have our major arcana cards that are associated with the suit of pentacles. So we have the empress and the hierophant, which go along uh, with Taurus. And then we have the hermit, which goes with Virgo. And then here we are back to Capricorn with the devil and the world, because the devil is associated with Saturn. Some keywords for the suit of pentacles, winter, money, possessions, land, assets, health, work values, wealth, 
right? These are all things that we see come up in our pentacles cards in our readings. And these are all things that are associated with the suit of pentacles and, you know, the area that that represents in our life, like things that are represented by the way I have winter in my list of associations. These things are all associated with the winter season and the suit of pentacles and the sign of Capricorn, right? So they're just kind of all in this same like family, um, for lack of a better word. So now how do the minor arcana cards relate to this? Well, Okay, let's start with the ace. So the aces always bring new beginnings, right? So just like the winter solstice brings a new beginning, I often associate each of the aces as being particularly powerful with the opportunities that are associated, you know, with that season they represent. So as the year turns over, just a week later after our winter solstice and our ace of pentacles, you know, comes into play, then, you know, we're often beginning new opportunities that are related to the ace of pentacles, which makes total sense when we think about what the ace of pentacles represents. So take our health and fitness goals, starting a new way of eating or just picked up a gym membership. Um, Maybe we've made some New Year's resolutions regarding our financial goals. These are all things that are, you know, in the ace of pentacles wheelhouse. Now, let's move on to the other way that we experience the season of Capricorn, and that is through our deacons. Now, I am sure by now you have heard me explain the concept of deacons enough, and if you haven't, I have discussed it in depth on nearly every episode that features a change of astrological season uh, in the last several months. So for Capricorn season, we've been working with the energies of the two, the three, and the four of pentacles, respectively, and in that order. So cardinal signs are always associated with the two, three, and the four of the suit. So we started out with the two at the winter solstice, and we were in that energy for the first 10 days of the season, right through the end of the year. And then we moved into the expansive realm of the three, you know, that started over at the change of the year, which also makes sense. Three is a number associated with manifestation. So that's a great time of year for New Year's goals or intention, you know, setting rituals, which I'm going to talk about next. And then we wrap up the final 10 days of Capricorn season as we are right now with the four of pentacles. Now, what's interesting about the four is that this deacon is ruled by the sun. So this is a time period that the return of the light finally starts to get a little bit of a foothold. We know that the light begins to return a little bit each day from the winter solstice onward, but that doesn't change the fact that it is still the longest night at that time with the most amount of darkness. So we don't really start feeling or seeing its effect, you know, immediately. Like all of January is still just dark at night. Okay. So let's move on to the resolutions. Now, I talked a little bit about this being the last call for New Year's resolutions. And I'm really just being um, a little funny about that because in reality, we are offered many opportunities of new beginnings. And I think they each have their place in different seasons. We tend to make our resolutions here in the United States on New Year's Eve, but that doesn't mean that that's when we have the best energy to support us. It could. We could at that time. Uh, You know, we are in Capricorn season, so depending on 
some other factors, it could be an okay time. But there are other times that, you know, we also have new beginnings. So there is this time on January 1st, the most commonly used, you know, this is based on our Gregorian calendar. But I personally love to use the lunar calendar and the new moon in Aquarius, which corresponds to Chinese New Year falling near the end of January or in February each year. So this year it's on February 10th. Saturday, February 10th is Chinese New Year. So this is also the second. Yes, I think of this in my mind as the second. So we have a third day that I really like, which is the first day of spring. So even though spring is part of our growing season, you know, a lot of times we don't actually plant our seeds until this time, right? Like we often plant our seeds depending on where you live, sometime in late February or into March. So this is Aries point is what it's called. Zero degrees Aries, the beginning of the Zodiac and the very beginning of the astrological year. These are all very different energies from each other and they are all relevant and great times for starting new things. Now, what's great about now is that we are at the end of Capricorn season, and this is a fantastic season for creating the plan. So we just came through the Capricorn new moon. So that's a big factor. If the new moon is in December, then sure, the new moon in Capricorn. So it would have to be December 21st or later. So if it's at that time in December, then sure, January 1st, you know, December 31st, whatever, that might be a great time to set resolutions, you know, if we're in that waxing uh, new moon energy. But that was not the case this year. This year, our new moon was just last week. So this makes it one of the best times for setting our yearly intentions. So if that is something that you like to do or that you're interested in doing, or maybe you've thought about doing, but you don't normally do, like create a vision board or set your intentions for the year or create affirmations or whatever those things are that maybe you've thought about doing but haven't done or want to do, this is still a great time for that. You are definitely not too late uh, to do something like that this year. We have only just come through our Capricorn new moon that was just last week. We are absolutely still in a growing phase. Uh, So this is a wonderful time to set those intentions if you haven't done so yet. You don't have to have all of the logistics worked out or even have the ideas cultivated. You know, that's not what this time of year is for. This is the ideation. You know, this is a time for identifying where you want to focus this coming year and giving yourself a container for those things to set your intentions that these are the areas of your life that you want to co-create with the universe on this year. You don't need to have any of what that is figured out yet. Honestly, that is what the idealistic and airy period of Aquarius is for. You know, realistically, that's better for ideation, followed by the two distinctly different yet both creative seasons of Pisces and Aries. So for now, as we reach the end of Capricorn season, embrace the energy of the Four of Pentacles and just ask yourself, what is it that you want to give form to in this coming year? What areas 
of life are you ready, you know, to overhaul? Now, if you want to play around here with your tarot cards, um, I have a quick five card spread that I love to use for this. It's called the New Year Transition Spread. Now, there are like so many spreads on the internet. I'm sure you could find a million to pick from with lots of cards. This one is very simple and I like it this way. It's five cards. So if you're, you know, new to tarot and you're trying to keep it simple because more is not always better, um, then you may enjoy this. So the first card is what to celebrate from 2023. Second card is what to keep from 2023. The third is what to leave behind in 2023. What to do more of in 2024. And what to do less of in 2024. So just to be clear, all five of those can give you different answers. Um, Don't think that what to keep from 2023 would automatically be the same as what to do more of in 2024. There might be something you need to do more of that you weren't even doing in 2023. Or, you know, there might be something to keep from 2023, but it doesn't mean it needs to be the biggest thing you focus on or, you know, whatever. So just keep that in mind that they may seem like they're similar at first. Um, They're actually not. They're quite different. Those five prompts. So the spread is about being intentional with our actions. So you look at what your biggest success was in 2023. When we look at, you know, what is the thing that we want to celebrate, even if it wasn't the greatest year, there's always something to be grateful for and to celebrate. Sometimes it comes disguised as something difficult at the time, you know, like something that we needed to grow or something that we needed for our soul's evolution. But Before we move forward, we should always take that one final look back, acknowledging what didn't work and celebrating what did. You know, that's what helps us to recognize and make better choices going forward. I feel like that's all just part of cyclical living. So if you want to take that any further, um, if you are someone who likes to journal, then these are three of my favorite journal prompts. What am I most grateful for from 2023? What are the lessons I learned? And what gifts have I received? So you can journal. uh, You can pull cards if you want. This is a moment for you to, you know, look at your cards for the new year, but not until after you have looked back effectively at the previous year. So I feel like I just really want to be really intentional on that. So if you want to journal these prompts, you can. If you don't want to, if you're not a big journaler, you can pull cards on this also if you like to, or you can skip it all together if you want. But like I said, I really do feel like the things that we have learned in the past year really help inform us of where we're at right now, you know, who we have become before we move into the new year. So pulling cards for the new year. I know there are so many spreads on this and, you know, articles and, you know, whatever. You can find so much on the internet, but I'm going to tell you this. You do not need to pull a card for the new year because you already have one. And that is your card of the year. It is more powerful 
than anything you will draw randomly. Your personal 2024 year card. So you'll have two major themes and energies for your year. The first is the collective card of the year for everyone. So for 2024, that's the strength card. But more importantly, I'd like you to look at your personal year card that is coming up. That will be your yearly forecast card. You don't need to pull a card for this. The universe has already done so. I promise you it's going to be accurate. It's going to be accurate. There will be both lessons and rewards in that. Your yearly card will highlight your major lessons and opportunities that are coming this year. And like those are not just words. Your major lessons and opportunities this coming year. Don't just hear that and and like, yep, I've heard that. I know what that means. Really embody that. There will be lessons and there will be opportunities. You will have to recognize them. So most people really notice the change from the previous year's card to the new one around their birthday. So I did talk about this in a previous episode. So if you want to learn more about birth cards, it's episode number 17, tarot, birth, and year cards. But for now, you simply take the month and day of your birth as well as the current year and you add those digits together, like in a single fashion, like linear across a line if you wrote them all out, you know, until you get a single number. So it would be like... If your birthday was January 26th, you know, you would put one plus two plus six plus two plus zero plus two plus four, right? And you add all those up. And so if you get a number that is larger than 21 um, or 22, you would add those numbers together. So say you got, um, you know, 45 you would add four plus five and that equals nine. So that is the year that you're in. So if it's anything under uh, 22, so really even if you got 22, you could consider yourself in a full year. That's up to you. Or you could um, add them and consider yourself in an emperor year. Um, The themes of the cards that they interact with like that, just as a side note, when you do that, you do feel the energy of the cards in that family, you know, in that trio or that uh, duplex or for lack of a better word, duo of cards. So uh, if you have, for example, like your your card adds up to your number adds up to the moon or like nine, for example, um, like 45, four plus five equals nine. You'll also feel some of the effects of card number 18 because that's, you know, the corresponding card. One plus eight equals nine. So hopefully you get what I'm saying. And if that all went over your head, then best to go back to episode 17. But for now, you can just add your numbers straight across, get to a number. And whatever that number is, if it is under 23, 22 or less, you know, whatever, that is your card for the year. So you will feel that card in the coming year. And that is your yearly forecast. You can do all the spreads you want for the new year and that is totally fine. But keep this card in your back pocket because this card is going to be your forecast for the year. Now, lastly, when you create intentions of any kind, whether it be now or even monthly at the new moons, I have another fun tip for you. For each intention you create, Get out your court cards, shuffle them while asking, who do I need to be or embody? What personality do I need to adopt, to adopt, to accomplish this goal? 
you might be surprised to see what different sides of yourself are called to the forefront to accomplish different things in your life. So you can also choose an affirmation if you want. You can choose a corresponding tarot card if you want, you know, to go along with each of your intentions. But I really love the idea of pulling a court card to ask yourself which part of yourself you need to embody to achieve that particular goal or intention that you'd like to achieve. Okay, so that is it for this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed this last deep dive into Capricorn season before we say goodbye until next year. As our wheel is ever turning, we are stepping into the new and the upcoming energies of Aquarius season with both the sun and, wait for it, Pluto moving into Aquarius now. So we will have... (laughs) all new things to talk about and areas of life to focus on. And as always, as life is always moving us forward, right? So the only constant in life, I think, is change, as they say. So we will be back with an all new episode as we move into Aquarius season. And I cannot wait to see what the new season brings for each of us. So until next time, bye for now.